0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Please bow your heads as we pray. Dear Jesus, when people wondered, Religious people wondered why your disciples praised you so much. You said, if they do not praise, the stones will cry out. That's our God. You can command praise from stones, light from darkness. And that's why there is no heart represented here, on site or online, that is too hardened for you to touch. And the proof of our malleability in our discipleship will be shown in our fruits. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. There is no bad behavior that cannot be corrected. Nothing you can't change. And we will prove it. Because the evidence of your spirit's influence will be this. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience. So today, we declare that we walk in love. And that we are peaceful. And that we are joyful. And that we are long-suffering. In this crooked and perverse generation, we shine as lights. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed amen and amen i want to share something very important with you for an introduction turn your bibles to philippians chapter 1 verse 8. Um, i want to go further to encourage that you study the book of philippians particularly chapter 1 and chapter 2 because what i'm sharing today is this, is a scanty commentary of Philippians 1 and 2. I am saying scanty because um, not everything there will be emphasized, just some key recurrent themes interwoven in those two chapters. Philippians chapter 1, verse 8, first and foremost. I want you to read this loud as you can. One, two, go. It says, For God is my witness. God is my witness. How greatly I long for you with with the affection of Jesus Christ. How greatly I long for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. You see, there are parts of the Bible that make more sense to me now, more than ever before. And this is one of them. You know, when I read a text like this, I'm like, Paul, I get this. Being an apostle is an emotional job. And I know what it means to have a multi-site church and to wish you were with them more often. God is my witness how greatly I long for you. I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. There's, this, there's a paranoia that comes with the job. How are they doing? How's their prayer life? Okay, okay. What about their study life? What about their consecration? What about their faith work? And as it pertains to the emphasis of this evening, most importantly, what about their love work? And that's why, of all the things that Paul prayed, Paul made it a point of duty to pray for all the churches, you know, for the church at Ephesus. He prayed that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light, to know the hope of his call and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He prayed the same, similar for the church at Colossae, You know, but the emphasis for the church at Philippi, and I dare say for all churches, in verse 9 it says, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Listen, I want you to read Philippians 1.9 loud as you can want to go. Listen, this is so powerful, so resounding. You see, of all the parameters for measuring discipleship and spiritual growth, love is the most important. And let me tell you from a little, the little experience I have in pastoring and apostleship, love is the hardest to teach. Love is the hardest to teach. It doesn't take much to fill people with the Spirit. It doesn't take much. It was in this very branch we um, were getting people saved. They came out for what people call an altar call. And as they were making the confession of faith, one of the ladies got kicked, you know, and just blasted in tongues. How many of you remember that? It was a beautiful experience. It doesn't take much to get people filled with the Spirit. Believe it or not, it doesn't take much to make healer out, healers out of people. I remember one young guy I was mentoring years ago. This guy had a lot of inconsistencies, so my habits he was, you know, still struggling with. You know, but he heard about the charismatic ministry of a believer, he heard it in this church. I think he had attended for just two months at the time. And then one young girl died in the house close to his. And he just went there, laid hands on the lady and said, in the name of Jesus, come back to life. And she sneezed. (laughs) And so he came to church on Sunday and said, Pastor, I prayed for a lady who was dead and she came back to life. I said, what? Praise the Lord. I've seen that time and time again. People who still have a lot of stuff they're working on. You know, one of my sons is in Canada right now. He talked about how his work with God was struggling and all of that. I just said, yeah, just come for a report camp. At that time, it was called Christ Celebration Convocation. The OGs in the house know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there are some people who are newbies. I asked, what sermon did you first listen to? Someone said, faith over fear. You know, I said, "Wow, <laughs> welcome." <laughs> you know, someone said, um, "Down to earth." Wow. <laughs> I said, oh, that's cute. That's cute." Like, welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> you know, the teaching ministry. Go to the archives. Hallelujah. Till we all come, okay? We are in front. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, by the way, not to waste your time. You see, it takes not as much to get people filled with the Spirit or to get people to heal the sick or to get people to have great insight in the Word of God or to develop a prayer life. And you can be new in this church and experiencing all of that and just happy. Wow, I'm enjoying the warmth. I'm enjoying the prayer. I'm enjoying the worship. I'm enjoying everything. Until you join a service unit and maybe someone upsets you real bad. Do you know it's impossible to belong to a church this size and someone will not step on your toes? If it hasn't happened, it will happen. And that's no prophecy of doom. And there is this religious maliciousness where, you know, we are spiritual about our wickedness. You can be... Listen, I've been there. I've been there. You see, this is part of the disadvantage of having family members as members of your church. There was a time my wife and I had a big quarrel. And we had a powerful church program I won't mention. (laughs) And we didn't have time to settle, so I just went there, you know. And my mom was in the service. Powerful service, the sick got healed, all kinds of things happened. After the service, she sent me a text. Powerful service, but how can God be using you like this? <laughs> they said, and you and your wife are so, you know? And then my first reaction was, man your business man, you know, but anyway, but then again I was thinking that it's true. Like, let me tell you something. When the Bible defines hardness of heart, let me tell you what it simply is. Every time you look away from divine instruction, that's hardness. It happens step by step. Gradually. The more you accommodate the contradiction, the stronger it gets in your heart. Have you noticed there are some things that when they happen the first time, you're like, oh my God, this happened. And then as time goes on, it's not such a big deal. Am I, tell, am I saying the truth or not? That's hardness. That's how it works. Until it will get to a point where you will have a full camp meeting and you are beefing 10 people. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm saying. You have found a way to manage the contradiction. You feel normal, but you're not. Religious maliciousness. You are bouncing, basking in the glory of the Lord, enjoying this new church, and then you enter into a relationship, and unfortunately it doesn't work. (laughs) Like I'm prophesying, <laughs> and then you find yourself in that precarious situation. You who was enjoying the tongue speaking, the fellowship, the worship, the warmth. Now, of all the people here, you only see one person during the worship. Oh, <laughs> Is this tongues real like this? <laughs> And the person is kneeling down crying during worship. Oh, so you can cry, <laughs> but you can break someone's heart if they cry, Be cared, boy. God, don't mind him more. God, don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> these are real issues. Am I am I talking or not? Yeah. Do you know how many people? have walked away from the church of their dreams because of what we are talking about. You know, you have a ministry in this church. God called you, but you just couldn't manage that relationship complication. You just couldn't, you just couldn't stand it. Again, I say, love is the hardest to teach. Love Not many men of God know it. Are you listening to me? Uh Uh-huh. Go and read again who killed Jesus. (laughs) Go and read. Read well. Let's be honest. Why is it it that, you know, we pray every day, we study every day, we're doing all these things. You know, the first time this really dawned on me was a camp meeting I attended years ago, you know, just as an attendee. You know, the moment the camp meeting ended, because of the size, you know, of the congregation, everybody wanted to rush out at the same time and see people who had attended a camp meeting for five days insulting themselves in the car park. (laughs) My friend move! I will come down and beat you now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was watching... Do you know you can create segments in your mind that if people even vocalize it forget Jesus here <laughs> forget forget bible i go beat you now <laughs> listen it's not cool are you listening to me it's not what it's not acceptable. It's not good. That when your anger gets the best of you, we, we're wondering, who is this? Who is this? And we try to entreat you. Brother, me. For, no, forget Brother. So no matter how great the worship experience is, it's until the next quarrel. Why is it that many tongue-speaking people struggle in romantic relationships, struggle in marriages? Why must we quarrel every week? Do you know, let me tell you something. On one hand, you can say everybody quarrels. And you're not exactly wrong. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, you can say, this is an avenue for me to practice what I hear all the time, what I've been learning. There must be progress and joy in the faith in this also. That as time goes on, the way we settle quarrels are more civil. You see Christians do some things, you're wondering what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Years ago, a couple was having a quarrel, thankfully, not members of this church. But I was mentoring the lady. So I went to the guy's office to see him. I sat at the reception, he refused to come down. You know, because there's a type of anger that, "Ah, Pastor, who is Pastor? Apparently. So, at least let's sit down as Christians. Let's discuss the word of God. Let's find a way out of this. He won't even give me audience. This is something serious. That's why people out there call us hypocrites. People just can't can't merge the pictures they see of you in church and the person you are in the office. Sometimes you are so malicious, the thoughts that you think, the words that come out of your mouth, your schemes, how you plot against people, gang up against people, the envy, the strife, the jealousy. That out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curses. How come? And the thing is this because we have a stereotypical way of measuring spiritual growth, you know, your tongue speaking and your syllables in tongues are getting deeper and more consonants. <laughs> you think you're growing? You prayed for someone and the person God healed, you think you're growing. But I'm telling you, those ones are cheap. Make no mistake. When Jesus sent out his disciples, Judas inclusive, Judas performed miracles too. And I'm not making light of miracles. I'm just saying there are more serious parameters for judging maturity. Please, are you listening to me? This is very important. You need this. And the reason why love is so hard to teach is because, you see, people have been ruled by their senses for far too long. They allow their emotions to control their love work. And so when it comes to love that requires Action, even when the emotions don't align, they struggle. When you see the example in Christ, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. He definitely doesn't feel like going to the cross. But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, that's love. Are you with me? There's no way to motivate yourself to the cross. There's no motivation for that. That's love, and that's our standard of love, that we should love each other as God for Christ, for, as Christ, God for Christ's sake, forgave us, we should forgive. That's our standard. That means many times I will not feel like it. I must learn to move and allow my feelings catch up. Are you listening to this? This is so important. title of my sermon is Believer's Love Walk. And just in case I have, I think I have another Believer's Love Work teaching. I will add a, add a caption or something just so that the archiving can be better. But what I want to establish was too impressed on my spirit for me to think of any nice title. Just take it like that. And as we're talking about romantic relationships on Sundays, we'll talk about believers' love work, midweek services. And it's so important. One more time, Philippians 1, nine, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. Just to be sure that you're still awake, Philippians 1, nine. read together everybody, loud as you can, want to go. Lift your hands and pray that over yourself. Say in the name of Jesus. I pray that my love will abound more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Say in the name of Jesus. I pray that my love will abound more and more in knowledge and in discernment. Let me tell you this. this, You see. This text changes all that we know or all that we've experienced about love and knowledge. It tells us love and knowledge can go hand in hand. Do you know how promising that is? Because usually people who love don't know. (laughs) And people who know don't love. Even the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. Didn't the word of God say that? And so it's just as if for many people, the more they know, the more unkind and critical they become. They weaponize knowledge to oppress and suppress others. But the word of God tells you that these two can go hand in hand. That as I'm growing in love, I don't have to suppress knowledge. You see, the world gives you the impression that to grow in love, you have to suppress knowledge. When you want to take a stand as a Christian, it's almost as if you are causing division. But true love never ignores the facts. Can you say that with me? True love never ignores the facts. True love will never require that you tolerate sin. For some reason, there's a satanic idea out there, you know, that when you want to stand for the truth, you're being too critical. You think you're being too critical and that you're not walking in love. The irony, that's not true. Love goes hand in hand with truth. Such that the Bible talks about teaching the truth in love. They go hand in hand. And at the same time, as we increase in knowledge, knowledge doesn't make us cynical. It doesn't make us develop a critical spirit, always looking for an occasion. Have you seen people? They're looking for the slightest opportunity to prove to you that they know and you don't. The difference is motive. You can teach the truth in love and you can teach the truth just because you know trying to show off. Hmm. Hallelujah. I think this is one big issue in the body of Christ. And by God's grace, I have more permission to address some things just by the privilege that God has given me and the role that I'm privileged to have in the body of Christ right now. And it's just, I just noticed that in the body of Christ, the people who know are not kind. Many of them. And the people who don't know act like better Christians. That you might know nine Greek words for prayer and not pray for people. And the people who don't know those nine Greek words, and according to your deep knowledge of hermeneutics, they are praying the wrong way, they are at least praying for you. It's always been a problem, a challenge. A challenge. I'm not saying this to impress anybody, you see. uh, when we started preaching grace as a church i didn't know any other grace preacher god bears me witness i mean in this country i didn't know any other my first encounter with the grace message and 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 i'm not trying to act like i learned it straight from jesus eventually other books and a lot lot of other people helped me understand it better but this is what happened someone gifted me a Bible, NLT translation, interestingly, I remember the cover the purple, very nice, and I read the book of Romans from this newer translation, and it was just clear changed my life that's how it all started. This happened. Just one week after I'd done an altar call and 120 people came out, and I felt very happy. But one week later, I discovered I did rubbish. I corrected myself. Listen, there's a proper way to invite people to be saved. I don't have time to go into that and all of that. You know, so by the time I began to get aware that there are other people, God has remnants here and there, I got excited. And many of them, see, we are not perfect and we have a lot to learn. And I'm saying this because I think we can do better. I just saw funny attitude, bad vibes, great knowledge, bad vibes. (laughs) Bad energy. Holy Ghost, bad energy. (laughs) Both of them together. I saw pettiness on another level. You know, then our church began to grow, you know. I, I put, <laughs> I I so announced on Facebook, um, praise God, second service starts next week. And one of them, his own status, he just put up immediately, may our church not grow fast, may it grow well. <laughs> <laughs> I said, both fast well, which one do you know? Both fast or well. And I just felt, this is silly. Unnecessary. And they will see you and smile, you know. And you're wondering, why all this? Praise the Lord. You can know so much, but then it's a problem. Because people know what you stand against more than what you stand for. Do you you get what I just said? Always looking for something. Just Nobody's getting anything right. That's not God. That's not God. You know, I, I had to DM someone who put up a video of a man of God who, by the way, has blessed the body of Christ in many ways, but, you know, I'm surprised I'm talking about all these things today, you know. And, yeah, he was talking about flippant singing. There are a lot of songs that we sing in the church that are just vibes. No doctrine. Have nothing to do with Christ, the message, or anything, you know. And as a church, we don't take that lightly, you know. But at the same time, there's a way you can take it to the extreme. So, the example that was given is, some people sing, Oh, your mad, gets it. Let us go. And he said, go where? You know, and I know the song is exciting. doesn't make it wrong. Are you aware the song continues by saying, heavenly race, I will not be tired. I mean, the exact metaphor was used by Paul, 1 Corinthians 9, don't you know that many all run a race, but one receives the prize, run that you may obtain. Talking about consecration and ministerial commitments it's a very balanced and proper message. But the thing is this, when you have a critical spirit, you don't even pay attention. You don't... It, it. That's why. Because if you had stopped to listen, you would get it. Oh, this is what they mean. Sometimes we don't even know how to pick our battles. Sometimes you see people trying to correct something. Is this necessary? It was, and so I sent him a message. I said, "I know you love the Lord. You love doctrine. I want to beg you. Please avoid a critical spirit. Listen, I've been there. I can preach it because I've been there." And, you know, when I see some of these people, they are learners. They don't do reach me that time. (laughs) Ah, Because you have to understand, I was very young. I didn't know anyone else. I had a lot of knowledge. I was proud I didn't know it. I'm talking about men, fresh from school. So there was a day before I preached the sermon, I projected teaching of some great men of God. (laughs) I first projected it. Then I now started my sermon. All you just watch is rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how I started preaching. (laughs) And then we were using a cinema hall, so I played it in the big screen. They all watched. (laughs) (laughs) Kenne Copeland, Benihin, I all of them, one after the other. Don't worry. God has forgiven me. Like, <laughs> so I say, ah. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Everything I said was correct. But the spirit was wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, all those things, I have corrected them without... Let me tell you something. When you... Let me tell you where I learned this. I was in a minister's conference in Dubai, and there were many top ministers. So I got up to ask a question. I said, as a young minister, I'm very annoyed at the priorities of some fathers in the faith. And they've put us in a precarious situation. There were so many things left undone. Look at this. Look at this. They didn't do this. We're just building cathedrals. You know? And then one of them, very wise, I'll tell you who, Pastor Godman Akin Labi. He got up and he said, you have to understand, their priorities then was different. They had more urgent matters. You are seeing a more civil, a more mature body of Christ. At that time, Babalawos were the in thing. Now you say in church, all they do is miracle, miracle. The emphasis was needed then. Now, because the church is established, we can now start learning Greek. You don't understand. You don't understand. (coughs) You You don't understand. You don't understand. That time, the emphasis, see, one woman of God very close to our family, Pastor May, she said something. You need to understand what balance is. When we picture balance, many of us picture a car standing on four tires. But balance sometimes is you driving a speedboat. When you're driving a speedboat, the wave sometimes will push it to the left. And for you to achieve balance, you drive to the right. So you seemingly overemphasize something, but in overemphasizing it, you're enforcing balance. So, I now understood that ah, I will say something. Let me tell you this. Do you know what it means that God used the fathers? They built big churches. They they needed to plant Christianity on this soil. There are some things I can't say. (laughs) They needed to plant it the big, biggest church in the world, the second biggest, we are here, we're not going anywhere. It was necessary. Then we, we can now come, we call it, you see. Eh? <laughs> so what I was angry about was just the burden of my own generation. They've done their parts. Are you listening to me? Sometimes, if you don't have a more holistic thinking, You will disregard the labors of others. What I'm teaching is love work. And from the examples I'm giving, you can tell I've learned it myself. Or I'm learning. Are you with me? So, you walk in love when you don't judge people by their actions alone, but by where they are coming from. You just understand that this person has a journey. We have different perspectives. What I just said will help your relationships. When you can see where people are coming from. See that they have a different perspective. See that if they had your exposure, they would do better. Hallelujah. Critical spirits. And you know we Christocentric people I'm saying we because praying <laughs> because it's a nicer way to put it so I'm not pointing fingers we just like to you know when we find the truth we suppress all things else we're not ready to consider so there was a time this particular revelation was trending the revelation of the fatherhood of God and they said they, all the other names in the Old Testament, and they have a point, is culminated in Father. True. Then I said, don't call God anything else. Ah! ah. And so, the minister of the gospel was doing um, a praise challenge every night for many days. And then the name was trending on Lower Borgore. And then, some people, (laughs) and I feel it's badly beef, but I'm just saying, that Thousands of people are worshiping and praying every night, and then your own bone of contention is all the why this in your Lord the the Greek. If you study from the Greek, you are there's something wrong with you. <laughs> people that don't pray normally are praying. <laughs> Have you led any successful prayer movements before? So I DM'd one of them, one emoji. <laughs> he said, don't call him a lower boboro. Call him, you know, just fa- say father. Don't say, oh, you really, really, just say. I said, what do you mean? He said, and this is, and. <laughs> he said, in the New Testament, God wasn't called names. I said, okay, open. Paul said, unto the king, Gitana, unto the king, Imota, the invisible, the only wise God. He said, "Hmm." Okay, what, show me another place. I was annoyed, but I said, ah, no problem. Okay, open 2 Corinthians 1. The God of all comfort. I said, you are wrong. <laughs> you know what broke my heart? You know what broke my heart? She never went back to correct it. I can go on and on. And to the example, let me look at time. <laughs> this introduction. <laughs> if I have to come next week, I'll come. If I have to. I yeah, cannot joke with you. What's that? <laughs> Hello. Someone cannot play with you. All right. So, now, you know, there's another one. Listen, there are many preachers I respect, Have said this, and they are not exactly wrong. Have you heard people say in the Bible, in the New Testament, the emphasis is not on your love for God but on God's love for you? Have you heard stuff like that? In fact, some go so far as to say the Bible does not really emphatically ask you to love God. we would ask you instead to receive the love of God. And yeah, it, it depends on the context. If you're coming from a salvation, salvific standpoint, then that's right. God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I know that. We love him because he first loved. I know that. But you see here, eh? And that's why you need to study closer. That message is so powerful in that it will liberate you when you hear the gospel's message, especially when you're coming from the mentality that you have to prove your love for God to make heaven. So just the revelation that whilst you were yet sinners, Christ died. I mean, if he loved me at my worst, how can I impress him now? He has paid the ultimate price at my worst. So it's a powerful revelation. Never forget this. But at the same time, and this is where many people struggle, the divide between what is true as it pertains to the fabric of the message of salvation and what it obtains, what is obtainable when it comes to consecration and its requirements. So now you're already saved and Jesus is walking with you. After lunch... In fact, it's very interesting. The Bible says after breakfast, after they had served breakfast, they had been served breakfast. I want to show it to you just in case you think I'm bluffing. John 21 15, NKJV. John 21 15. So this might be the word of the Lord to someone who has just been served breakfast. So when they had what? Look to the person by your side and say, Brethren, have you been, have you been served breakfast? Talk to someone else and say, sister, brother, have you eaten breakfast? Stop it, stop it, stop it. (laughs) All right. The Bible says, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, Do you love me more than this? And Simon said, It's not about how I can love you. It's about how you love me. Is that what he said? (laughs) He said, You know that I love you. And to that he replied, Feed my sheep. And he asked him again, Simon, 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 son of Jonah, do you love me? said, you know I love you. Because it's the same yesterday, today, forever. I believe he, still, he will still ask people today. Do you love me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you have the revelation of my love for you. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending love of Christ. You've received that. You stand by faith in what you've done. Complete in what I've done. You know, and all oh, that. Wonderful. But what responsibility has that bestowed on you? The reason why this is important is this. Uh, can I talk freely? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have you ever asked... Have you ever heard people ask if the grace message is a license to sin? Have you ever heard them ask? it? And of course, the answer, theoretically, is a resounding no. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But listen... The fact that by design, it is not a license to sing does not mean it cannot be misapplied. Let me explain. In every kitchen, you're going to find knives. And knives are so helpful. Try cooking without knives. It's going to be very frustrating. Try trying to prepare yam without knife. It's going to be very frustrating and annoying. Some of you are laughing already. But you see, are there cases or not of domestic abuse with knife being weaponized? So, does that mean that knife is a license to kill? But can it be used to kill? Listen, so unconsciously, as liberating as the grace messages. You will just realize if you're not careful, some things that you were doing disi- by discipline before you are no longer doing. I know it was fear that was your motivation before, but at least you were disciplined. When you go through the day without reading your Bible, it's as if ah, if the trumpet should blow now, nah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you were reading your Bible more. You were probably praying more but now I stand by faith in what you've got (laughs) complete in so do you know how dangerous it is listen when God can can talk to you and say do you love me if you love me do this feed my sheep some of you you are so fixated in your so called new creation reality that if you hear such a voice you say that's not that's not Christ you know I'm uh, it is not about my love for him <laughs> you know and now when you come to a point where your devotional favor can no longer be tested even Paul said test yourself are you in the faith test yourself except you are reprobate you can be backsliding and not know you're backsliding backsliding said, 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty two, If anyone love not the Lord, let him be anatema maranatha. Listen, he didn't say, if anyone has not received the self truth of God's love. He said, if anyone love not the Lord. It's inevitable. How can you know the love of Christ and not love him in return? How can you? It will show in your actions. you love me. Ah, you know I love you. He didn't say, that's nice. I could tell from the way you responded during worship. He said, feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Do something. Praise the name of Jesus. It bestows on you a responsibility. It bestows on you a what? Come on, it bestows on you a what? And so, ah, For time's sake, let's run quickly. Philippians chapter 2. So in Philippians chapter 2, he says, from verse 1, he says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any encouragement, any koinonia, from your faith in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, I can see the passion in his writing. I mean, if you're saved, fulfill my joy. I I want to be able to rejoice at the prosperity of your soul by this, your love. And not just love, but same love. And there are two ways to interpret that. First and foremost, you see, many times one thing I deal with in church is this. Some people have so many challenges in their service units. And they say this thinking, they are trying to, you know, patronize me or flatter me. And they say, Pastor, the only reason I stayed is because of you. Well, thank you, but that's not enough. God wants the same love, not just for Pastor, but for that troublesome person in your unit. That troublesome person in church. Because guess what? I got here because... The people who were in the church where I grew up were patient enough to accommodate my process. Did you hear what I said? And so, don't claim to love me if you cannot accommodate the process of someone else. You think I don't know they have have things to work on? You think I don't know? Look at Jesus. Look at how patient he was. Some people were just see when you can have a disciple like Peter. forward, forward. Look at him and say, "You will deny me." <laughs> you say, ah, "I swear." You know, it's just cute. You know, you know he's excited. He doesn't want to, but he will. And then he will grow. It's part of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm speaking with years of experience. That's what I'm telling you. You're so young, excited people. I'm just like, (laughs) praise the name of the Lord. Because no matter what you hear in church, it takes proper training sometimes to resist the urge to type online or to talk to someone when no one is listening or to do some things. It takes, I said it's the toughest thing to teach. Fulfill my joy in being like-minded, having the same love that in church, you can love everyone with the same favor, with the same fire, with the same commitment. Jesus said, if you love those that love you, you are not different from the heathen. How is that the love of Christ? You prove the love of Christ in the difficult situations, loving people who don't deserve it. You celebrate the fact that you were in rebellion for years. Christ loved you still until you caught up. He he wants you to do it for other people. Until they realize, after years of foolishness, after years of fighting you, you were always right you were always there. It's hard though. But that's the love of Christ. Verse 3, everybody read verse 3, want to go. Listen, it's very profound that this was said to a church. This is church matter. <laughs> Be done with selfish ambition or conceit. A lot of people do God's stuff with selfish ambition. You know what I realized? I realized that even to do good to some people in church, he might step on some toes. It's almost as if you know when the Bible says, "Let everyone esteem others better than themselves." It's 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 so profound. Because sometimes we act like the world. If I want to be led to give someone a car now, except I'm ready to give everybody, some people will be annoyed. We can't buy a car for everybody. The Lord says, buy for this one. And someone is like, so me too. We ordain someone. Someone Someone's like, so I've been here since. You know, why? Why? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Let me tell you something. I've seen raw, authentic ministries crumble because of this. Raw, authentic ministries. We must learn this. Say loud, amen. Amen. Lift your hand. say in the name of Jesus. I refuse to do anything through selfish ambition or conceit. Say in the name of Jesus, I will be happy for others. Hallelujah. I'm going to wrap up quickly. It says, let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Meaning sometimes, listen, he's talking about Stripping yourself of your own privileges. Your own advantage. If he chose not to save mankind, he's well within his right. Did he not warn you, don't eat of the tree, you ate. Eh? We move. (laughs) But he made himself of no reputation. Took on the form of a servant. Was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That he had so much self control throughout that period. You know, many things could have pushed him to the wall. I've said this jokingly many times. I mean, if secondary people, secondary school students can dust King, they are flogging you. I mean, you expect the Son of God, maybe if they are flogging him, Koboko, it's just like. But when they now spit on him, ah, ah. It will just do like this. I would have turned you to salt, but that's already been done. Let me be more creative <laughs> and turn you <it> to farts—stinky, <laughs> smelling farts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> when you realize he really can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they drove nails through his wrists. He didn't complain. Through his legs, he didn't complain. Trust- Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. This is what Christianity is. When it's tough. That you 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 must forgive, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you must forgive. You've entered one chance. You can't accept the undeserved love of Christ and refuse to give undeserved love. That's the deal. That's the deal. You can't receive the undeserved love of Christ and refuse to give undeserved love. Listen, our marriages will be better when we are ready. Not to change our behavior because of the silliness, temporal silliness of our spouse. You see, this man of God here, I have my mentor. Sometimes I look back, some things I said, some things I did, I'm just like, ah, ah. <laughs> because sometimes we think our marriage must be like our parents' own. There are some things that work for me that will never work for you. Am I speaking? But the long and short of this will continue. Maybe next week or upper. But listen. We must grow in love. If you don't exercise yourself in it, it will just stay there. You'll be adding spiritual gifts manifestation. But you have a stinking character. Have you seen people like that? Christians. See, when I see Jesus, I'll first say, nice one, nice one, nice one. Then, like, me of all people, I'm a pastor. Like, you trapped me. If I wasn't a pastor myself, I would probably be the biggest critic of church. Because church people, ah. You know, I was at a hotel with my wife. You know, which, after some of these busy periods, we just like to go there, change of environment and all. So, my wife felt like eating something different from the hotel food. So, she ordered food. And then the courier guy brought the food downstairs. She went downstairs. As he was about to collect the food, she said, they said you are a pastor. She said, yes. What are you doing in a hotel? You people will just be praying for me that I won't fall your hand one day, I won't nod someone one day, but <laughs> I will not fall your hand in Jesus' name. I'm like, Do you know church people are so nosy, can gossip? What, what is your problem? And they always start gossip with, Ah, let's pray for brother, you know. <laughs> Let's now I gossip. let's pray for pastors. I don't know why I'm sensing. <laughs> I'm a bo. 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 Let's pray, God. <laughs> you are sensing what? <laughs> sensing me ganja. I could I they are preachers don't worry I did in tongues oh. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm growing in your love. Growing in your love. Just declare it right now. Let every bitterness, every strife fade away. I'm growing in your love. Growing in your love. Growing in your love. Growing in your love. To comprehend the depth, the length, the height, the width. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. I want to grow. I want to grow in this love. (laughs) Tenamaya Kabaya. Father in the name of Jesus I thank you because everything that you require of us you've empowered us to live and to do to be and to do for your word says it is you who walks in us to will and to do of your good pleasure for everyone who has struggled to forgive thank you because there's a release of your spirit empowering them To forgive. To forgive. Someone said forgiveness is trying to let someone out of prison only to realize you have been the one in prison all this while. Father, we refuse Satan having power over us because of past experiences, past hurts, past disappointments in the name of Jesus. We move past it in the name of Jesus. We move past it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't want to be full of the spirit talking in tongues and still struggle in our relationships with people. Help us to be kind, to love. Help us to be patient. Lord, this patience thing on the road everywhere. With our children, with our spouses, help us, oh God. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Come and say loud, amen. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 809 blessings.